You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right with host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am happy to share another hour with you. We are living in a time when the millennial generation is coming of age and baby boomers are retiring. The future leaders must ascend from this emerging generation, and they need to evolve into leaders who understand the past, respect the road traveled, and influence the journey ahead. It is a fact of life that we all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Not respecting those who made our journey possible is not conducive for progress. Not allowing the future to evolve and hanging on to the past is a non-starter too. The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails, said John Maxwell. Now is the time for us to put our differences aside, assess the path ahead, collaborate and develop a strategy to set sail in the right direction and adjust the sails for a safe passage together. It is our diversity of thought ideas, experiences, backgrounds, and everything else that makes us different that will ensure a successful shared journey. George Bernard Shaw very eloquently said, progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. To engage with me in a timely and highly relevant dialogue, in this episode, Millennial Leaders Disrupting Tradition is Markel Oliver. Markel is a creative, idealistic, and community-minded young leader who is focused on aiming his own growth through education and leading through service. A warm welcome to the show, Markel. Thank you. Glad to, to be here, and thanks for having me on the show. Happy to have you. And it is actually a big treat to have somebody of your generation who is making a difference in the community to have this important conversation at this critical time, because as you already know, there's so many stereotypes about the millennial generation. And I, as somebody who works with them, who teaches them, who are engaged with them, already know from my own experience, like any other generation, millennial generation is not a monolithic. So why don't you take a moment and give a brief intro to who you are and what makes you a leader of your generation? Um, I'm a dreamer first. Um, I like to, to believe that I've done a lot of listening and observing um, mm-hmm. through my time on earth so far, 22 years, thank God. Um, being blessed enough to have People around me, you know, my family and uh, teachers, coaches, to help push me to who I am today and help mm-hmm. give me uh, things to, to kind of take in for myself, to continue to push myself to 
get closer to what my maximum potential is. Um, it, it's meant a lot to me. Uh, I'm, I appreciate little things. And to me, uh, the greatest luxury in life is time. And so for anyone mm-hmm. to ever have you know, taken time to, to speak with me or to introduce me to new ways of thinking or giving me an opportunity to prove myself worthy of, of anything, um, I take that very seriously. You know, we only have so much time on earth and, um, you know, as much time as we spend, we can never, you know, get a receipt to, you know, return that time. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very much appreciative of of anyone, even to you as well, uh, for taking time to to give me a a platform, to share your platform uh, with me to, to touch new audiences and to, to touch, you know, my peers um, as well for them to see that there's tangible things uh, that comes with the uh, responsibility of being a leader. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you started the conversation saying to you, the most valuable thing is time. And that is a concept that is lost across most generations in the Western society. And I would say particularly the American society. Yeah. Um, keeping <laughs> Keeping that in mind, we are living in a world where the rest of this global society in a global economy has a different context than in America, but we're also part of the larger global society. And the millennial generation is different in the United States versus outside. And even within the millennial generation, they are not a monolithic, right? So how would you characterize and explain millennial generation to somebody of another generation. It's like a Martian coming and telling all the earthlings what Martians are like, right? Sometimes it feels like (laughs) that. So why don't you do me a favor and do that? Because I think the audience need to hear that. Absolutely. So uh, hopefully not turning uh, my uh, millennial peers against me uh, as Uh as I am a little truthful. Um, Uh I think us millennials are, are very, we have a lot to offer. Um, yeah, we have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like in this, the world that we live in today, where we're competing with everyone, uh, whether that's our next door neighbor or someone uh, across the world, um, it puts us in a, in a mindset that we always have to um, look out for ourselves. We always have to um, be weary of who we bring around us, who's, who's gunning for our uh, position, um, who's truly there for us, who's truly trying to help us, who's truly trying to give us the opportunity, who may not be for us, uh, who may try to harm us. Um, there's, a, there's a sense of unsettlement um, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Um, with every generation, there's, there's things that we take with us and that we hold to value. And then there's things that are just very, very different than other generations before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you look at technology, for example, it gives us the opportunity to create um, and connect uh, from our homes, uh, to connect with people from across the world, across the waters. Um, And it makes makes us uh, think that we can get whatever it is that we want almost instantaneously. And... um, Uh With that, you you must uh, have patience. Um, obviously, going through school, I'm, I'm I'm in college right now at Illinois State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of um, normal for for uh, millennials uh, to think that we can graduate, get into a company, and climb up the ladders um, within like five years. Um, yes. and expecting to, to be the boss, expecting to be the big dog. And um, I think that's us being kind of spoiled and used to 
getting things right away, getting things mm-hmm. our our way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's tough. It's difficult to to have patience sometimes. You know, when we go to the doctor's office and we're supposed to get in at four thirty, and then we don't end up getting into five fifteen, and you're like, goodness gracious, you know, uh, I should be in there right now. You know, it, it's it's easy to be so uneasy about little things. Um, I can recall times where. Uh, maybe going through a little bickering phase with uh-huh. uh, a friend, um, as we all do. We always, you know, have differences, and you can send a text message, and you need the an- you want the answer right away, and they make you wait for two minutes, and that two minutes turns into four minutes, and that four yes. to eight, and then you're like, are they te- are they on Twitter? Are they on Snapchat? Are they on Facebook? And it makes us so impatient, and I feel like sometimes with that uh, being impatient, uh, we miss things that are for us. We miss our blessings. We miss our chances. We miss our opportunities. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we're so used to being in the driver's seat and being in such a control and getting what we want right then and there. But sometimes I feel, I feel like things happen, um, at, 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 at a pace that, that God wants it to happen. Um, so we can truly take in, uh, the process of, of waiting, the process of, 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 of being patient and, and fully absorbing, um, what it is that we're looking for. You know, it's, and it's, it's interesting you and say that. It's interesting you say that about instantaneous gratification, right? When you are growing up at home, you grew up with video games, you grew up with technology, you grew up with Uber, you grew up with uh, Amazon Prime. So everything is being delivered to you. But when you come to college, things slow down a little because you have to go through the classes to actually sit for the exam. So some of the things I run into dealing with millennial students is at two o'clock in the morning when they're doing their homework and they have a question, they instant message me. And if I don't answer them right away, they call every phone I have, including my house phone. They have absolutely no consideration for, oh, my professor works. She teaches. She has a family. It's her sleeping time. Oh, no, I am up doing my homework. Why aren't you here? Right. You have they want you it right have a, then and there. <laughs> they they want it right then and there. And they're actually trying to submit the homework at two they're doing the homework at two when their deadline is like five in the morning, right? And then when they <laughs> don't submit it, they say, Oh, because you didn't answer the phone when I called you at two o'clock in the morning, right? So that is one side of the conversation. The other side of the conversation is when they come to work, they don't want to start at eight o'clock. What do you mean I have to come at eight? I have to go to Starbucks and stand in line, and by the time I get my coffee and I'm ready to work after my yoga class, it is going to be like 9.30, and maybe twice a week I want to work from home, and oh, by the way, the days the new video games come, I'm taking a day off because I need to play. I'm guilty right? of the home, doing the homework at 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, I do not call my professors uh, that, that early in the morning. I, I'm a little bit considerate, but that is a very, very, very accurate thing. And I guess I would ask, ask you from, from your perspective um, and coming from a different generation, uh, do you think that the parents of millennials uh, spoiled our generation um, and it's kind of haunted us or shown um, as we're entering into uh, adulthood, into the workforce. It's an interesting conversation, right? This is a conversation I actually have with my peers because when just last week somebody was complaining, let's get senior citizens into work because the millennials are not showing up for work, right? 
And it was a tongue-in-cheek conversation because we have so much to do. We're an international company. We have deadlines to meet. And when you're in the financial world, everything is regulation-driven and you can't miss deadlines. And it doesn't matter if our employees need to go for yoga practice or a video game comes out or they needed to sleep in late because they binge drank last night. That is irrelevant for work, right? So, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So one of the conversations, when they kept asking, why are these young people like this? My response was, this is the generation we raised, right? Mm-hmm. So the Gen Xs have raised the millennials, right, for most part? Yes. So this, these are the children of the Gen Xs, and the Gen Xs are the children of the baby boomers. Now, I can step aside and say I was not born and raised in this country, so... I don't come at it from the classification of the American generation because I don't have the American experience. Just like anybody else of your generation outside of the United States is not going to have the same approach to life because they were not raised the same way, right? So I come from a different world. I look at the world differently. And I am comparing our young people here with the uh, foreign workers of that same generation. And I am seeing that those young people are going to have a better shot in the long run. And what do we need to do to make our American young people more successful so that they're actually in a level playing field? So what I want to do right now is let's go in for our first break, come back, and let's pick this conversation up because this is so important for us to talk. And I'm sure our listeners are taking notes and they also need to deal with this, whether at home or at work. So hang on for a minute there, Markel. Absolutely. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us back on the episode, Millennial Leaders Disrupting Tradition. Markel, welcome back to the show. Thank you. When we went for break, we were having a conversation. Uh, You asked a very, very pointed and poignant question about aren't part of the problem the way the millennials were raised? And Having been in the American workforce for the last 20 years and having watched things transpire, I would tend to agree with you. This is the same conversation I had with my coworkers just yesterday. And I will illustrate with an example. My first job in America was with AT&T broadband. That's when the telecom deregulation happened, voice video data, everything was merging, and everybody could have all the bells and whistles on one line, right? So you had broadband mm-hmm. and you had voice video data and you can watch all the cable channels and so on and so forth. And I was always amazed at any time a couple got pregnant, the first thing they ask is, even before the first trimester is over, to come and hook up cable for the baby room. And I always ah. ask, why are you so focused on having a child bond with a machine? Where are the human beings who are going to be around the baby when the baby is born? Because the human bonding in that first few months is mission critical for human development. And everybody will yeah. look at me like, that's not how we do here, Cast, right? So I was a foreigner asking these questions, and everybody's like, oh, where you come from, you don't have TV. This is important for us. And So I always have believed that if you force a child to be babysat by a machine and you give a child a machine to keep them occupied, because we face it, we live in a society where mother and father both have to go to work, they have to juggle multiple jobs, the social network and the infrastructure is not there for parents to have an eight-hour job and be there with the family, and our society doesn't have a, a facility where the a mother stays with a child for a whole year. Mother has to go back mm. to work within four weeks of giving birth, right? Yeah. So it is such a material, monetary, money-based culture that the children from infancy are bonded to machines because parents don't have time. Not that parents are mean. For most part, they don't have another choice, right? Yeah, so they have to get back into the swing of things to, to work yes. and provide and make money. and. Mm-hmm. And 50% of our households are single mother households. If the mother doesn't go to work, there is not just money for living. There is no health care for the baby, right? So we have socially engineered this scenario and we forced an entire generation to be raised by devices because that's what we give to pacify them or we give them money or we give them the things that we can because we don't have time, Right. It's actually and, very interesting. I I was uh when I when I worked at uh I got a job at Chuck E. Cheese uh some years ago. Uh, the reason why I got a job at Chuck E. Cheese is because uh, I didn't know how to communicate with um, little kids, but I mm-hmm. felt that I had uh, a gift to connect with younger people. Just because you know the younger you are, um, you don't necessarily see 
parameters that you have to fit within or boundaries to, you know, hold back, you know, interests of yours. And so uh, I wanted to gain that um, that ability to connect with, with kids. So I got mm-hmm. the job at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, it was a very interesting time of, of life, uh, let me say that. But it, it always amazed me how on days that it was 92 degrees, 87 degrees, the sun is shining, where I would think uh, kids would be out at the, the beach or playing tag or basketball or mm-hmm. um, with skating, whatever. I, you would think that kids would, would be enjoying the nice weather, uh, especially growing up in the Midwest and knowing that can change at a, uh, a flip of a switch. Kids were packing. Uh, it was packed full of kids in Chuck E. Cheese. And I was just amazed that uh, parents would, would take their kids uh, to um, a facility ran by machines, as you mentioned, um, as opposed to, you know, letting them go out in neighborhoods and, and play with the, their neighbors and, mm-hmm. and, and building relationships and friendships like that. You know, when I was growing up, uh, we had about three hours at most that we could be inside the house. Uh, and, and typically that was used to clean up. <laughs> uh, yes. Other than that, we had to be outside, running around, getting tired, making friends, um, knowing, get to know, getting to know our neighbor. And so mm-hmm. growing up, you know, you just uh, you went to, to elementary school with those kids, to middle school, high school with those kids, and some of those kids, even college. Some of my friends that I've grown up with, you know, I we're here in college together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then places a value on those kind of things, you know, without machines raising. Uh, people, but again, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, when you, uh, someone has to get back to work to, to provide for the family, it loses that um, you know, that time that you you need to, to spend um, with another human to learn things from the feel love to feel uh, care. Um, yes. A machine doesn't do that; it just pacifies you for the for the time. Mm-hmm. And so we truly have artificially engineered this variation, right? And then Mm -hmm. blaming that generation is not fair. And then on top of it, this is also the generation that watched the Gen Xs who believe that if I do my time and I am patient, my turn will come and they've all been downsized, right? So they've also watched that playing by the rules and doing your time doesn't amount to anything. So I want my own rules. I want my way because I am anyway going to be taken for granted. So I might as well start dictating my terms. So that's the other thing. Corporations who have gone through these waves of downsizing, saying that loyalty is not important and ensuring that people give everything to a job and then the job is never there for the family because those days are gone, right? We live in an American society where it's employment at will. I don't even have to tell you why I decided not to have you come to work starting tomorrow, right? I can decide I don't like your face today. And and it's crazy that I think that same idea kind of boils over to how we treat people. Um, Mm -hmm. It's we, in my opinion, uh, as millennials, sometimes we can uh, treat each other uh, in a similar way that we look at business, that we look at as work. Um, Mm -hmm. When you talk about loyalty, um, I tell people all the time, there's going to be times where you should dislike a friend. You should dislike, it's okay to dislike your brother or your sister. It's okay to be upset with someone. It's okay to let people down. Um, 
But to, to truly tell a friend, to truly tell that someone loves you or cares about you is to show that loyalty, to be there with them when things are, mm-hmm. are rough and things are hard. And, and when you look at the workforce and, you know, like you said, a job can say, well, I don't want you here tomorrow just because I, we don't need you or we don't want yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and feeling that dejection or whatever, I, I feel like we use that same idea with people. And I feel like that's a huge conflict. Mm-hmm. And that is bleeding into human relationships, the concept of marriage, the concept of family. And we already don't have a family support structure, right? We don't have three generations living together when parents go to work, grandparents are there, right? So we already have a broken family structure. Even the nuclear family, the parents are not together. So everything is counterproductive for a young person to understand and appreciate relationships. So everything from cradle to workplace, first day, is all transactional, right? My interaction with my parents are transactional. My interaction with my school is transactional because schools also tell you you're a customer. What do you want? Evaluate your professor so you know if you give a bad review to a professor who's trying very hard to teach you but gives you tough exams, you can get that professor fired because you are the customer. You're doing the evaluation, right? Yes. We are not even treating students as the raw material we are developing for the employer. So... You've been told in, at home that you just get a staff for showing up. In school, you're told you get to decide who remains on campus to teach. So you think you can go to work and become the boss, right? Can't blame you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I think a lot of us go, uh, well, coming out of college, uh, we, we feel that way. Um, but I would like to, part of my um, part of my inspiration is, you know, seeing like my grandparents uh, together, you know, seeing, mm-hmm. uh, listening to music, you know, from back in that time, you know, definitely music is different from today's time versus um, how it sounded then and how it felt then. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things were driven by emotions. I I remember uh, listening to uh, or being introduced to, to people like Sam Cooke um, and, and Teddy Pendergrass, you know, by, by my parents and by my grandparents and aunts and uncles and feeling that emotion and going to family reunions and feeling like uh, it mattered to be around uh, people um, who were, who were pulling for you, who were supporting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's part of the, that's part of my fight. I want to bring that uh, or not make, uh, make sure that it, it, it stays, make sure that mm-hmm. love can matter, make sure that we can look at each other mm-hmm. um, as, as people and, and, and work on our relationships other as humans as opposed to looking at oh what can you do for me what can I do for you you can't I tell people all the time you can learn something from everything you know sometimes it's harder uh, to do than others Um, tasks are but um, it's possible it's very possible and I I truly didn't understand um, that concept until I was you know honored to go to Europe Uh, Mm -hmm. probably my Junior year of high school, I, I participated mm-hmm. in the people-to-people uh, student ambassador program, and we went to Europe for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And I remember staying with a, a family over there for a couple of days in Germany. So you had a host family, and okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we I stayed I stayed with them for I think three or four days, and it just really shocked me that it's like dinner for for dinner. It's like the world mm-hmm. stopped, and and yes. um, it was it was myself, another student ambassador, 
two uh, children and then a mother and a father. And we all had dinner every night, uh, same time, uh, all yes. together. No, no mm-hmm. TVs, no music, nothing else going yes. on. And I was just like, wow. Like, it, it, yes. it, was, it was amazing to me, like, how, like, like the world is time to seem to stop. And you can appreciate family. You can appreciate um, that aspect of, of being a human and having those type of emotions. Yes. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we get lost, like you said, in the what can you do for me right now, um, mm-hmm. that type of workplace kind of um, mindset, bringing it home and bringing it uh, to things that, that, that make us feel like humans, you know, love, interaction, respect. Yes, those are the things money can't buy, and those are the things that take time to build. And with that enlightening thought, let's go for a second break and pick this conversation right back up. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to unleash your inner goldilocks how to get it just right to reach dr cass henry or her guest today please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr cass henry at hotmail.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to Unleashed Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the episode, Millennial Leaders Disrupting Tradition. Markel, so when we went for the break, we were talking about how you traveling and seeing other parts of the world and how other societies are functioning and how they take time for family, how they take time to share a meal with anybody in their home. It is a communal event. It is an event. 
meal is about conversation, sharing, and caring, and that becomes an education by itself. And that's a luxury our millennials have never had. Mm-hmm. And so when we take that generation into the workplace and they start whether we like it or not, the millennial generation is going to grow into leadership position, management position in all kinds of organizations, including the government. Are they going yeah. to be ready to lead or not in a way that the society needs is up to us to shape, right, together, yeah. all the generations, without calling each other names, right, without being disparaging, <laughs> understanding that nothing happens by accident. So how do you think we can get to that better place? Because I always tell my students, the reason I spend all this time making sure you're successful beyond just the classroom grades is because when I retire, I want to be a little old lady happily retired somewhere. (laughs) You don't want me walking in there with my little cane and you know, giving you the business about why things are not right, right? And they always right. laugh and they promise me they won't let me come in there. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think we can do to get us to a place we are multi-generationally, we are working together? And I think the young people have a lot to teach the older generation. And the older generation has a lot to teach the young generation. And we have five generations in the workplace simultaneously. What yeah. do you think from your perspective we can do differently to make this go in a positive direction? Come to the table, come to the dance without mm-hmm. trying to prove yourself correct. And when I say that, I mean, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think through at least American history, uh, things that have occurred. Uh, have been very, very uh, serious and very um, telling to where we have gone and where we're going. Um, So when you look at things like slavery or when you look at uh, things against women's rights and LGBTQ community, um, ageism, um, things like that, very telling. Uh, to to where we were and to where we were trying to go moving forward. And I think as of right now, the biggest thing that uh, I feel everyone, not just millennials, is everyone Mm -hmm. has this chip on their shoulder about who's right and who's wrong and don't disagree with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we come into the dance, we come to the table with that type of attitude, we're already shutting ourselves down from learning something different um, from someone else. Uh, I look at it as, you know, as I was growing up, you know, I, I have this blank canvas um, and my, my support system, my family, um, my community, my teachers, they uh, provided me and helped, helped me craft tools to create whatever it is that I wanted to create on this open canvas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone has had that um, opportunity. What I, what I can't do and what we can't do is to look at the canvas that we created with the tools that we were given or crafted ourselves and try mm-hmm. to diminish someone else's paintings, to diminish someone else's creation. Um, at, instead, we should come and try to learn why they use this particular tool. Why do they see the world uh, this, this, this way? Um, mm-hmm. I truly feel as if the, we, we look at things so, um, so deeply into uh, statisticians kind of 
perspective as opposed to just uh, you know asking what's right you know let's let's throw numbers away for uh, sometimes and let's let's ask people how you feel why do you see the picture this way why did you um go about things this way you learn a lot um mm-hmm. my uh how do i say it me coming into realization that i was a leader was such mm-hmm. a struggle <laughs> because growing up, I didn't have the mindset to look out for other people. I wasn't taught to uh, mm-hmm. look out for anyone um, outside of my family. You know, you you got to go do what you have to do. Um, things are going to be hard. Go out there and do it anyway. So with that, it, it was it was not that I was being told to be selfish, but it just you know in my mind, I just thought go out there, do the best that Markel can do, and just go home. And then I got to high school. And I, I played under a, a terrific coach, and mm-hmm. um, I was the youngest one on the team. And he 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 gave me like this responsibility, mm-hmm. and he he told me that you know guys were looking at me, they were watching my body language, my mannerisms, the way I reacted to things, mm-hmm. the way I went about things, the way I talked to people, uh, the way I dressed, the way I carried myself in class in the hallways. And I'm just like, why does it matter? Like, what what what's the what's the point? And and he basically showed me, and it was it was very rough for me to see. I, I feel so bad now because I, I gave him such a hard time. And I just did not see what he was saying. Uh-huh. Um, and he he sat me down and he was like, you know, people look at you because you're a leader. Um, you have responsibility because you're a leader. Um, and that didn't occur. That idea didn't come to me until I sat down and and listened to him, opened up uh, my ears, opened up my eyes. Uh, to try to look at things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful uh, that he was patient with me uh, through that and um, believed in me enough to continue to try to drive that message to me because it's mm-hmm. very, very uh, necessary. And, I mean, here I am now doing the work that I did not think I could, I would be doing um, years ago. And also, I, I, just to, to get back to your, your question, uh, I, I think the, the way that we, we fix this thing and, and get it back into a, a motion that works for the good of people is mm-hmm. to, to come to the table, come to the dance without trying to prove ourselves uh, correct every time. Yes, because actually right and wrong is relative, right? Mm-hmm. I can say today Absolutely. is Thursday. But right now, it's Thursday in America. It's already Friday in Asia. So nothing is absolute. Everything is relative. And as long as we come to the table understanding that from my perspective, I may have a point of view. From another perspective, there's a different point of view. And if every generation comes there, then hopefully if each of us see a different color of light together, we can put the white light back together is how I look at it. Life is a prism. Absolutely. So with that perspective, and I, I actually know you from the community. I know you from the community work you do. So what I also want to talk about is what can other millennial generation individuals do to put themselves out there, make them, being a leader is about making yourself vulnerable and putting somebody else first, right? So yeah. you're already doing that in the community. You are working to make other young people's lives better. How can other young millennials engage in this kind of activity? And what type of call to action would you like to share with your peers? Um, the line of work that I feel like I'm in right now and uh, going to get deeper into as time uh, proceeds um, 
it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, it's it not always is. in the mm-hmm. light of glory. Absolutely. There's, there's a hardship, just like with anything else. Mm-hmm. It has its days where you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to pull your hair out. You know, I don't ever want to pull my <laughs> hair out because, you know, hair is important to me. i got nice curls on top of my head, real curly. Uh, <laughs> so I don't ever want to get, get that crazy. But um, it's, it's, not, it's not always easy, but I feel like it's necessary. Um, I started doing this this type of work, working with uh, law enforcement, um, kind of around a time where everything was popping off with um, people of color and law enforcement. Um, specifically, I want to say it was around uh, the time that you know Sandra Bland uh, lost her life, and um, everyone, all of my peers on Twitter, Facebook, uh, oh, we're going to Chicago, we're rioting, we're going to protest, this and that, and I was just kind of like, eh. That's the way. Should we, you know, kind of pull it back and sit down and talk about it before we're just acting out of emotions? I know it's it's it's, it's normal to to act out mm-hmm. of emotions, but um, making that move when I did, you know, sitting at the table uh, with other community leaders and sitting at the table with the people that had heat the most was so so hard because, uh, like I said, my peers were doing something else. You know, but I felt that it was necessary. You change, you make change through through the pen. You you make change through legis- legislation, and uh, you have to sit at the table, have those talks, bring things to light, learn from each other, but also introduce different things uh, to other people to to move. And so I would tell mm-hmm. anyone um, that that is feeling an urge to to make the changes, take a take a deep breath. You know, relax and realize, again, not everyone is going to agree with you. Not everyone is going to like what you have to say. Not everybody's going to like how you look, how you carry yourself. But come to the come to the table willing to learn and to contribute and believe that uh, your vision is something that can be enhanced for the good mm-hmm. of others um, for today's time and, and, and time to come uh, beyond. And that is a very, very valuable message for the peers. And it's also a valuable message for everybody, right? We are living at a time where we have a huge uh, cross-section of baby boomers very angry because they don't recognize the world anymore, right? Mm -hmm. We have grandparents who don't know to communicate with their grandkids because they don't know what Facebook is. The grandkids are (laughs) saying, Grandpa... Facebook is what you talk to my mom. Now I'm on Instagram and grandpa doesn't even know what Instagram is, let alone a smartphone, right? right? So the joke is, (laughs) why do I want a phone that is smarter than me? I don't even know what to do with this thing. So we we have created such a nuanced uh, technology-driven world where the older generation is totally spooked and the young generation doesn't know to do anything without the technology. So it's almost like, we are from two different planets, and then everybody else yeah. is in between. And yeah, it's, we, it's difficult. Yes. So one of the things I want you to think about to, to uh, pick up when we get back from our final break is technology is disrupting society. Technology is disrupting the way of life, more so in America than any other place, because our millennial generation is just rushing us into technology solutions because they don't want to deal with people, right? I don't want to research, so I'm going to invent Siri. Siri will tell me everything, right? So uh, in this world where everything is rushing towards technology, but the viability of human society is predicated on human relationships, 
how do we slow down the technology disruption or have the technology disruption pair up with our human relationship development so that the young people end up having meaningful lives and meaningful relationships because there's only so much you can do with machines. So think about it and we'll pick this conversation up uh, as our final segment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call one 888 346 9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining the final segment of the episode, Millennial Leaders Disrupting Tradition. Marco, welcome back to the final uh, segment here. And as I said, when we went for break, why don't you share what your advice would be for a cross-generational community, how we can start leveraging the human relationship to kind of counterbalance the technology disruption? There's things that I use that, uh, things that I do that were um, done way before my time, you know, I think a little things matter still, eye contact, <laughs> uh, love letters, you know, stuff like that, you know, asking to, you know, take someone out on a date, um, giving them your undivided attention, um, 
I think little stuff like that uh, matters. You know, asking for for help, asking questions um, matter. We, I know, and I'm guilty of it too. When I just don't want to hear from the teacher anymore, and I'm just like, all right, I, I've been in class long enough today. Let me just go ahead and go to Google and see if I can get my <laughs> answers from there and call it a day. Uh, and that's the that's the easy way out, you know. And and sometimes, you know, I'm pretty sure as you uh, may have discovered, going through Google or going through something on the internet doesn't always get you the answer or break down the question. So you can get an answer to move forward. And sometimes asking that question uh, to that professor or to whomever it is that you're talking to, they, they can break it down or come from a different angle where you say, oh, hey, I got it. You know? mm-hmm. uh, but it, again, I think it comes back to being patient, you know, being, um, being able and willing to, to be uncomfortable. To um, You know, sometimes I know. I don't ask questions because I don't want to sound like an idiot. You know, I, I just don't out a lot in class. You know, just, I'm just a dreamer, so I, I daydream, dream at mm-hmm. night, everything. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to ask this question because I, I don't know if, if uh, my professor already covered this or not. And, you know, I think that's a very common fear. You know, you're like, I, I, know. I don't want to sound like I an know. idiot. <laughs> but, you know, that's where the professor also can help, right? So what I normally tell my students is this is a safe place. There is no question that is going to be taboo. Only requirement is you ask your questions in a way it's respectful of everybody in class. So my students are comfortable talking to me when we talk about outsourcing and how does financial decision making drives outsourcing. It's a conversation we have to have. And then some people just are uncomfortable, but then they realize, okay, I can talk about this to my professor, even though she's an immigrant. And they will say, you know what, people like you come here and take our jobs. And then we actually have that conversation, right? And what does an immigration process look like? What does one have to go through to get these kind of jobs? And just because you went to school and got a degree doesn't mean you can do my job. Here are the types of education and experience you need to have to do my job. And if all of you hate numbers, then none of you are going to become finance executives. And then you can't get mad at me, right? Because I am in that seat. I mean, the reason I got an employer to sponsor me is because I was good with numbers. I was a finance person and I had a technology background. Can you, can you bring all of that to the table? We are teaching accounting today in American universities like we were teaching 30 years ago. It has absolutely no resemblance to what work looks like. So Absolutely. I think you brought up a good point also, too, uh, about you know, not having that fear to talking to your professors. On the flip side of that, uh, and this is not really on the professors, it's more so mm-hmm. on the system. Um, even back in, and I remember back in high school, you know, we go so fast through material and it's like, you don't even have time to digest. And I remember coming to college and I'm just like, for the amount of money I am investing in education, I would like to sit in class and be able to say, hold on, professor, uh, um, can you please go over that again? You know, without 
expecting mm-hmm. to hear, oh, well, I have office hours, or you can come here for like five minutes and talk to me. Um, it, it, the system, you know, forces these uh, our professors, our teachers to go so fast through the information to where, again, it makes it feel like you can't ask a question to slow things down to, to, to try to interpret it um, another way. Again, because mm-hmm. it's so driven on results, 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 now, yes. now, uh-huh. now. And that's um, very American, right? America is a very masculine society, so it's out Outcome, results, outcome, results, right? Um, And it is not about preparing young people for life. It is about getting them through exams. So, yeah, you can Google, you can ask Siri, you can get through the exam. But in life, there are no right or wrong answers. There are, this is what I tell my students first class. There are no right or wrong answers. There are choices. And with those choices come consequences. And the consequences are not just to you. It's to everybody else because of the choice you made. So if we understand that, now let's start class. And do not ask me for a right answer because I give them case studies. Don't crunch me the numbers and say the answer is five. What does five mean? What are you going to do with that? What if something changes and it becomes three? How would you know when to pull the trigger and change course if it doesn't look like it's going to be five? That is where the real learning is. So are we even teaching the young people to uh, learn that way. What I normally tend to do is I run two classes parallel, one to prepare the students for the class and then actually to run the class. So I give of myself extra. Sometimes I even take food and make them stay for the whole day and I teach them because if I give them food, they'll stay, right? I I remember one morning my husband got up with me and we grilled salmon and vegetables and I took to a nine o'clock class and I had them in class three. I'm enrolling your your, uh, your class. (laughs) So this has been such a wonderful and enlightening conversation. And I definitely see a reason to maybe even bring you back and have another a couple of people with different generations to actually have a cross-generational conversation so that we can truly discern how we need to listen and work with one another. Because every generation has their own baggage, right? Yes. And unless we understand that and we listen to it and we start uh, making decisions based on that understanding, we're not going to make progress. So I truly, truly appreciate you coming here and having this wonderfully enlightening conversation with us, Markel. And please look for a follow-up uh, visit with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was uh, truly a great time for me. Um and thank you for sharing the platform with me um, because not everyone my age gets that opportunity to, to let out their voice, um, mm-hmm. call out for help, call out for other leaders to step up and uh, join the, 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 the battle. I don't want to say the battle. Join the game with me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Markel, and we look forward to seeing you again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. And this has been such a wonderfully engaging conversation. And uh, with thanks to Markel, we call out to all our millennial listeners to make sure that we truly are shaping the path we need to travel so that we are, our mutual interest is collaboratively achieved. This show is always about shared journey and staying true to this goal. We continue to bring content to help everyone transform themselves and the community around them. Please email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com with your questions, suggestions, feedback. I would like to leave uh, the show with a 
specific thought from Rosalind Carter. A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't want to go, but ought to be. It is time for great leaders as a global economy and civil society for us at a time where technology is disrupting everything that is familiar to us. So as you go through life during your week, during your days, please continue to be mindful and continue to shape your journey. And remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for your transformation. So go out there, transform lives, and don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.